Well, hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John, and you are in for a super treat today. If you've ever wanted to meet Jenny Urich, the founder of A Thousand Hours Outside, then you are in luck because she's on the show today. We're going to talk about unplugging your kids, getting outside, and what changed Jenny and the trajectory of her homeschool experience. This is going to be a fantastic conversation. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Jenny, welcome, welcome. I'm thrilled to see your face. (laughs) Well, how long have we been trying to do this, girl? (laughs) Like four years. (laughs) Four years. I think think just a super, super long time. And since that time, like your hair's on fire, man. You're, you're, I mean, since I've seen you last, you're running around the country like a clown with your hair on fire. But we got to host you and Josh here. You got to see the Homeschool Resource Center. Oh, we got to go oh. exploring. Oh, was that we, well, encouraging? We got outside. We did. We went inside that big rock, that famous rock that's in the water. The big rock. What is that? That was a nice rock. <laughs> hey, it's Haystack Rock. Okay, it's, a, it's kind of an icon around here. So here's Jenny. Yeah, we got to see the rock. <laughs> it's like there was a mountain also. <laughs> we saw a waterfall. And there is a waterfall. We did. We we hiked to Multnomah Falls. We went to we more than one go. state. I mean, this was an incredible trip. <laughs> so it's good and no one died in portland so excellent yes, yes. it's good and we, we did ate, all the we things ate your sourdough that's true i sent you a picture this morning of the sourdough i made this morning yes yeah and uh it was that, actually, actually what i didn't tell you so good what i didn't tell you about my bread this morning is i'm looking at the picture right now uh it has spelt flour in it wow so it's a little less. It's a. It's a little better for you, I think. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. I just bread. Bread is just good. But if you say the word spelt, role. I mean, they're really. It's, it's like, true. And when I, I would part. have to say, I milled it myself too. But don't tell me. <laughs> Stop. This is what happens. I used to have seven kids at home, and now I don't. So I'm like, what should I do? What should I do? I don't no have. A, I had all four of my grandkids for the last two days over the weekend. And wow. They're cute. I am telling you. Yes. And I'm telling you, I when I dropped him back off at Savannah's house, I was like, girlfriend, I forgot. I just <laughs> forgot how much Aww. this is. It is just so much. But we got new swings for the swing set. The kids went outside. You'd been so proud of us. Yes. It's so much. We and hiked in the forest. Yes. It's all consuming. You have no yes. time. You have no minute. No time. Mm-hmm. No. You cannot no. milk no. belt flour if you have four little no. kids. No, you cannot. No. And actually, I told my daughter, I said, I am letting you off of this sourdough train guilt trip because she's putting herself on the guilt trip. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm bringing her a loaf a week. So I'm Aww. making it for her and just bringing it to her. And that way she can have all the yumminess without any of the guilt of <laughs> trying to maintain a starter when you got four little people. I'm like, ah, just, just but stop. But Heidi, listen. Just stop. That's a lot of people. So I don't think one loaf is enough. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have to listen. It's a recession. They have to, all ra- right? they have to ration. They're going to have to ration it. You guys, you're going to have to the, ration it. The youngest it, grandkid's you know. not going to get me. <laughs> one loaf for you, one loaf for Mamsie. That's how it's going to work. <laughs> all right. All right. Right now, I'm not in that. I'm not in that good of a routine. All right. I want to jump into all things Ginny Urich because you are such a treasure. And I'm so happy after four years, we finally. Uh, 
because we're actually friends in real life, yeah. which is so funny. And then out on the speaker circuit, we're like ships in the night, you know? <laughs> hey, I think that you makes know? it harder to connect with the podcast though. Like when it's someone that you're not friends with, you're like, oh gosh, if I can just connect with them. And if they say yes, I'm going to look whatever <laughs> time they have for me, I'm going to take us the middle of the night. Yeah. But like if I say, hey, Ginny, like- come get on my show. Ginny's <laughs> like, I'll call you next <laughs> week. I'll call you next year. I'm right. writing a book. Leave me alone. Uh, one time I was like, I'm yeah. playing cards. We're at a basketball tournament. Like, can I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Okay. So there, uh, it's, it's hard to believe that there are people on the show who've never heard of you. So I want to be oh, sure. sure. I want to, I want to like introduce you properly. Uh, I feel like I did a really good job introducing you in the intro, but you have, you're changing the lives of lots and lots and lots of mamas out there because you, your life got changed yeah. by the idea of taking your kids outside and we are living in, and you and I have talked about this a whole bunch before, just this super depressed generation of young people and moms who feel overwhelmed and stressed out and all the things and our heads are in our phones and we're on electronics, you know, all the time and social media, which is a dumpster fire. Mm -hmm. And somebody changed your life with a pretty simple thing. So tell us a little bit about you and your, and your sweet husband, Josh, and all of your kids. And then Let's get into that story. Sure, sure thing. So my story is that I was expecting to be a super mother. I mean, I was expecting to mill this the spell flower, I guess. I don't know. Like this was my plan. Mill, I was pregnant. Mill like a mother. Yes. And I'm like, I'm pregnant and I am good at life and I'm going to be good at this. And I had a whole plan, Heidi. I was like on the, there's some sort of book out there. It's like my friends, they were like doing this plan for their kids. It's like some sort of a schedule. I was like, okay, oh, well, that sounds great. So I'm like, I'm like. Some sort of a schedule. Two hour time blocks. This was the whole thing. And it was like the 8, I, I had it all planned out in my mind. It was like the 8 a.m. time block is when we're going to nurse and read stories. And then when he naps, I'm going to clean. And then the 10 a.m. time block, I mean, it's like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Come on, baby. And then, I mean, it was just a mess from the beginning, Heidi. I had a birth plan. I don't even know where that ended up. I'm like, intervention. Why do we do that to ourselves? What is happening? And I am like all drugged up. I have preeclampsia. I'm like peeing in a, I'm collecting my pee at the very end. (laughs) It was like the last weekend. I was like, here's this jug. (laughs) I was like, what is happening? What? You, you were like, this is so much less glamorous than I was expecting. <laughs> yes. But this I was way still planning on doing my schedule. I'm like, I don't know. I should have known then. It was like God was tapping me on the shoulder. Like, hey, this isn't going to go how you think it's going to go. You're collecting <laughs> your pee in a jug. So, you know, my numbers are <laughs> off. I had to get induced and I'm hooked up to all these machines. And, and this is number one? It's number one. I mean, and I'm thinking I'm oh I'm like at the birth center. That was like my plan, like in the tub, you know, like you know, the ones you see on YouTube. It's like, ah, and it, it was not that. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was that. just, yeah, it was not just, magical. Yeah, quite a mess. And I'm like, I mean, I don't, I'm like, well, I, I grew up, I was like, I, we went to Baptist church. I never touched a drug in my life. I've never drank we alcohol, you know, church. I'm like, and I am on all these drugs. I am like loopy. I can't concentrate on anything. And this lactation consultant comes in. It's like the baby is, is my old this he's like I don't know he's like two hours and in comes this lactation consultant I'm like just a mess she's trying to like tell me what to do I don't remember a thing but she did say this she said wow my that baby has a voracious appetite I was like huh what What is this one I was like we just met and this baby just arrived here and that's what she said but I am not kidding Heidi that's all he did 
I'm like, I go home to try and do this two hour time block. He didn't ever sleep. He didn't do anything. He just like nursed and nursed constantly. And he's huge. <laughs> he's like taller than me by the time he was 10. He's like this big strapping, you know, young man at this point. And so I was thrown <laughs> off from the start. I mean, I was like, this, this is a wild mess. And I kept thinking like, <laughs> when when am I going to get like some semblance of control back and I was like you know I mean it's just like never it's never I mean I'm here here to say it's like rolls away right it doesn't so but I thought it would so here's what I'm doing I'm struggling I'm struggling I'm a young mom I'm a mess and I was really excited to be a mother and I was very sad that I was struggling so badly I was in a dark spot because I wanted to love it and I hated it is really how I felt because I was failing constantly. So just with one baby, I'm like, you know, you, you're, there's never a break. That baby would not take a bottle. That baby wanted to nurse all the time. That baby's not going to grandparents. That baby's not going to parent. Josh, I mean, it's each, that baby, why do they like you so much? I'm what is I happening here? I'm like, because you're I the milk, e- you're the I milk don't even lady. I like myself this much, you know? <laughs> you <laughs> would though. You would though. If you saw, if you saw yourself through yeah. the eyes of a newborn. Which is beautiful. Which is beautiful, right? But I was just struggling. And so then we had, you know, it's like, oh, here comes another baby and another baby. But even with just the one, I want to say, I was in a hard, in a hard spot, in a hard way. And I yeah. couldn't find answers and I'm exhausted. It never ends. So it's 24 seven through the night. And I signed up for a bunch of programs, Heidi, because that's what I saw other people doing. The, the schedule didn't work. So I'm like trying these different things. And that is a whole lot of mess. Are you kidding me? I'm like, have you ever tried to get three small children out the door to go to the library? I'm like, I've got a diaper bag with three kinds of diapers and extra outfits because this one's going to poop and that one's going to puke. And I've got this kid's snack and that kid doesn't have snack. And I've got the nursing cover and I've got this massive bag of library books, plus a stroller, plus those little bucket car seats. I'm like, listen, listen, (laughs) I'm exhausted. (laughs) You I'm gotta get them. You, I mean, just you try and get, you. try and get those kids through the parking lot into the door without them smashing their fingers, and then you're sitting on carpet while this librarian reads, but your kids don't want to pay attention, and one is nursing, and your boob is out. I mean, this is just a nightmare. And I would, I have told people this for for years. I would not drink any water because I was like, heaven forbid, I have to go to the bathroom. What what do I do with these three kids? And then I would do it all. Then you have to do it in reverse because you have to go home. And it will be like 1130 a.m. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm like, I'm like, Josh, can you, I'm like, he's not coming home for seven hours. <laughs> and you're going to die. Oh. And you're like, I'm going to die from this motherhood. Yes. I'm going to die every from day, it. Every day. So here's what happened. Here's the change. And I do believe that sometimes our lives change on a dime. God gives us the word we need. A friend steps in. It's one yep, thing yep. that changes our life where we go from I am drowning to, oh my goodness, my life has completely changed. Here's what it was. I was going to Mops, which is now MomCo another program, right? Heidi, it's like, you go, you're supposed to be able to drop your kids off. My kids always cried. They're like always bringing me back my kids. I'm the one with like kids and we're crying and I'm trying to have friends. I'm trying to have, I'm, this is hard. You got to pull your head out from the nursing cover to yes, find a friend. Yes, and You're so, like, come uh, up for air. But I, I need I, a friend. Yes. I need a friend. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. 
with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. But I like mops, and I had a friend at my table named Angela. We're still friends. We live, she lives on the other side of the country now, but we're still friends, and she knew she was going to homeschool, and Heidi we knew we were going to homeschool. And I will say the reason we knew we were going to homeschool is because I taught in the public schools. So that's a story for a different day. I will come back on. But we knew we were going to homeschool. Where we love, the bus comes at 8 in the morning for kindergartners, five-year-olds, and it does not come back till 4.45 in the afternoon. So, no, we're not going to so do that. So that's what you assume. This is what you're doing. We are. Yes. Yeah. Nope. Not doing that. And nope. we know we're going to homeschool. Nope. But but my friend Angela, Heidi, she had a, a child that was one year older than our oldest. And so she had started to research. I was like, hallelujah. Uh, she's going to just pass on her knowledge. She's going to tell me what to do yes. and I can continue nursing. Yes. I'm like, I pick the yes. right table yes, for mom. So here's what she comes. She comes to mops one day and she says, ah, I read this book by Charlotte Mason. Now, right? Charlotte. <gasps> I have friends named Charlotte. I love Charlotte Mason. Though, we, don't tell me you didn't like well, her. Well, we have to caveat that Charlotte Mason is from the 1800s. And my friend did not <laughs> include that tidbit of information. So I'm thinking but this is like. she makes sourdough bread. I guarantee this, it. Yes. This is like, I'm thinking this is like current information. She says it just like this. <laughs> Charlotte Mason says kids should be outside for four to six hours a day whenever the weather is tolerable. I was like, huh? What? <laughs> what? I was like, have you been to the library program? I'm like, it's like 40 minutes of disaster and you want to do for four <laughs> hours? I, this is what I thought, though. I didn't say it, you know, because like so desperate for friendships. I was like, interesting. <laughs> Tell me more. I'm not thinking this is a ridiculous idea. Nobody lives like this. I mean, it was like years later, I, I learned that Charlotte Mason's from the, you know, like another century, like different. Like if she would have included that. Just I, like in the 1800s. Yes. Yes. And if yeah, she would have included yeah. that, I probably would have been like, well, I'm, I'm not even, what? Why are we listening to this woman? Which, and truly, <laughs> her books are phenomenal. And so many of her ideas have stood the test of time. I think she really had a oh, lot yeah. of insight into children and parenting and mothering and all of those things. She's kind of, she was like the original crunchy homeschool mom. I think she would so, have been the original was, crunchy, like even a mom. Get, your, get your kids. Yeah. If there was ever a mom who wasn't a mom, <laughs> it would be Charlotte Mason, the original unschooler. Who Unschooling. wasn't a mom. Unschooler. We should she come was up like with a, the, yeah, the oh, mom who wasn't a mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Charlotte un, the Mason, un, she's my the, girl. The, un, the crunchy unmom. <laughs> anyway, okay. So the, here's the point. This friend tells me this idea that it just sounds absurd. And then, and then Heidi, while I'm still thinking about how absurd this idea is, she says, do you want to try it? I was like, oh, no. Oh, goodness. No, I don't want to try this yes. idea. You're but doing I, like a 10-minute nature walk. Yeah, but I said yes because I wanted to have a friend. So – here we go. <laughs> this is the plan. Here's the grand plan, Heidi. We're going to go to a park. Okay. We're going to a park. We're meeting at nine in the morning, you know, because kids get up at like 3.30 a.m. So you can get there by nine. <laughs> no true. problem. No problem. And does it matter? Okay, Ginny, does it matter if you put your kid to bed early or if you put your kid to bed late, do they still get up yeah. at 3.30 yeah. in I the mean, morning? I mean, that's when that's yes. right. you know, they yes. want to see you. So, so put them to bed early and just <laughs> give yourself a break. Yes. yes. My kids are up all the, they're up all the time. So you're going to get to the park by 9 a.m. We're going to stay till 1, four hours. This is our this is our goal. And and she said, don't bring anything. Like, just bring a blanket and a lunch. And I was like, 
what? Are they going to play? I'm like, I'm like well, I've, I should, I've got a water table. I can bring that. I'm like, I can bring some. I've got homemade Play-Doh. I'm, it's made with essential oils and wildflower petals. I'll bring that. I'll bring my library bag of books. I'll bring action figures. She's like, no, no, like you don't bring anything. And I'm thinking, what is going to happen? This is going to crash and burn. I'm like, Angela, <laughs> you know nothing. <laughs> this is going to be awful. And and then it was like, it wasn't even like a playground. You know, when you think about a park, I don't know what people think. It was like a play structure and a climbing gym. This was like grass. I was like, <laughs> What? You cross over this little bridge and there was like a little, a very shallow creek. So it was safe and grass. I'm like, what? Earthing. They're called, it's called earthing now. So when you take your kids, when you touch the earth, it's called earthing. Yes. And you exchange your electrons. It was a whole thing, right? That's right. That's right, girl. I like it. I like it. Tell it. it. Yes. Earthing. we, We go and we spread our blankets out. And I am thinking in my mind that this is going to be the most miserable day I've had so far. You know, this is just going to be so awful. Four hours of this. And what I tell people is that it was the best day of my life. Because what it turned out to be was my first good day as a mom. And I'd not had one. I'd not had a good day. And our oldest was three. So I'd had three years of not good days, of really struggling, loving my kids, loving my kids. They're beautiful. They're made in God's image. They're, They're uniquely who they need to be. They're amazing. But not loving this day to day rat race and feeling like I'm failing. And so what happened, Heidi, is that we sat under these beautiful trees. It was the fall in Michigan, which is gorgeous. And it was in 2011. We're sitting under these trees. We each had a baby. So the baby's nursing and looking around and sleeping and the trees all rustling. And this is like nature's mobile for children, right? The the clouds move and the birds and there's squirrels. And we each had two older kids and they were toddler preschool age. And it was a safe spot. Like we had come up over this bridge. And so we're not near parking lot. We're not near cars. And the kids just ran around and played. And I did not know that they could do that for that long. And so what happened was I got to finally exhale. I felt like it was Mm. my first exhale as a mother. And my blood pressure came down. And we all left at one o'clock, just completely refreshed, all of us. And in fact, all the kids fell asleep at the same time on the way home. Oh, that's even better. Like, oh, this dude, is a miracle. That, there you go. That's the cherry on top right there. Yes. And they slept for a long time. I just like, drove the car around. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's four <laughs> Gee, o'clock. I, I went to Target, left them in the car, <laughs> got my shopping. They came out. They were still sleepy, left them with the baby monitor. Everything's fine. <laughs> we did it's not fine. go to Target. And, you know, uh, so... <laughs> but this is this was a life change, a, a complete yeah. life change. And here's here's the kicker, Heidi. So we immediately changed how we were doing early childhood. I ditched all of these forty minute mommy and me music. But those are great too. People who teach them, they love kids. They're good programs, yeah. and they may work for some families. But for us, this was like a lot of stress for a very short period of time. So I found a couple other families. There was five or six families that were willing to do this sort of strange thing. It was strange at the time to get together for about a four hour chunk of time. We looked for the best weather days of the week and we aimed to do it three times and we'd meet for this chunk of time. And sometimes kids are sick and people are gone, but usually there's a couple moms and there's some kids that are there to play. We changed this whole early childhood look and feel. And really I did it just for me at the beginning, at the beginning. So I was like, if I can be a more present. That's why I started the homeschool co-op. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. If I can be a more present mom, this is going to enhance our family. But here's what I learned, Heidi. When we let our kids play outside 
And this is free play. This is not that you have to plan a scavenger hunt for them. And you have to have a, a craft that goes along with the changing moon phases. I mean, this is like nothing. I mean, you're, you, this feels lazy. I mean, it feels lazy. When you do that, it enhances your kid's cognition. It's helping them academically. It's helping their emotional state. It's helping ours too. It's tremendously helping their social skills, which are critical for a rapidly changing world. It's helping their physical bodies from like their circadian rhythm to their eyesight and myopia, their skeletal system. I mean, there's a lot going on there, their lymphatic system. There's a lot more than just the movement. And for families that are interested, which I would imagine if they're listening to you that they're interested, God has given us his spiritual laws in creation. So, you know, you want to tell your kid you are a new creature in Christ, well, then you introduce them to the butterfly, right? I mean, like kids are, the the statistics say that kids are playing outside for four to seven minutes a day on average, four to seven minutes, but they are on screens for four to seven hours. And I will say that that is a spiritual problem because God has said, here you go. You want to teach your kids these complex, amazingly beautiful things? I gotcha. Let me show you about the seed, right? Let me let me show you about the morning glories. And you can talk about how in the morning I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. I mean, it's all there and we're inside. So yeah. you get it all. You get it all. And I think when, you know, the Bible talks about a light burden, parenting does, I would say that most people would say, if you say, is, is parenting a light burden? Is it the is the yoke easy and the burden light? I mean, most people is would it say, real? But is it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you step out into creation, it yeah. provides for your kids in all of those different facets. Well, it also provides for you as a parent, and you're building these foundational memories together while you're there, and it just does so much. So for us, it's the foundation of our homeschool. This is a non-negotiable. We are aiming to be outside and to have hands-on moments for a thousand hours every single year, all the way throughout childhood. And I'm hoping to do it with my grandkids. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I love it. I love it. And and I think too, you know, I, I look back at my childhood and I imagine yours was sort of similar. I mean, our parents booted us out. Mm-hmm. I mean, goodbye. They never, we, this, this pressure, it's a social media phenomenon, I, I declare, because the pressure that moms have right now to say, hey, you got to send your kids out there with Play-Doh. You got to have a plan. You got to have, you know, here's all, everything you guys need to make leaf rubbings and all the things. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but, uh, you know, maybe this is, it sounds a lot like, you know, I walked up to school, you know, uphill both ways in the snow every day of my life for school every day. Right. <laughs> it feels like that. Yeah. But I think. It's true. Like our uh, parents were just like, see you later. Well, and I think this is a good point. This is something important to talk about because when we were kids and, and this is something to know, we are the, we are the last generation of analog childhood, the last, we are the last, and we are raising the first of the digital. 
And so this is a tall order. That's why it feels hard. When you don't know what to do, it's because you're the first. You're the first parent that's raising kids in a digital generation. It's a thing. But society... And I don't think that this was intentional, but society used to be set up in a way that protected childhood just by the nature of society. And that had to do a lot with screens because the screens themselves had their own boundaries. You could not carry your television that was this big and 200 pounds around with you to the park and put it in your grocery cart. You couldn't. And there (laughs) there were only shows on at certain times. And they played a ton of reruns. So you're bored. It's like, I already saw that episode of DuckTales. I I mean, I'm not going to watch another one. I already saw it. And on Sunday, there was nothing. And so it wasn't the parent even that had to say, turn it off. Turn it off. There was nothing to watch. There was nothing. And there was nothing to do. And so you were pushed by your own internal motivation to go find something to do. And then you got good at that. You got good at dealing with your boredom. You got good at finding which friend's going to play with you. You're annoying your parents in the house. They're going to kick you out because there's nothing to do in here. There's nothing to do. But society has changed. And so now the onus is on the shoulders of the parents. And it's a tall order. It's a tall order. We are doing what parents before didn't have to do. And so I think because they didn't have to do it, they didn't know the value of it. Mm -hmm. It's so true. It's so true. Talk to the parents who live maybe in a, a, a climate that's less than wonderful. So maybe really rough winters or, uh, you know, summer times that are like, you know, you're not going outside very often if you live in Phoenix and it's July, right? Cause it's 120 <laughs> no. degrees. So talk to the parent who's just like, well, great, Jenny. I'm sure that works great for you. Well, I'm in and, Michigan. But, I'm in Michigan. You're in Michigan. So let's talk was, about it. Let's I talk about it. I was just going to say, yeah, I, because you're up there, yes, girl. Yes, I am qualified to, co- to cover this conversation. There's two things. Yes, The first are. thing is this. I am looking at the, at the year as a whole. So Charlotte Mason said four to six hours outside every day whenever the weather is tolerable. She gave the caveat. There is a woman named Angela Hanscom. She's a pediatric occupational therapist. She's echoing this number of kids. Kids ideally would be outside for three hours a day whenever the weather is, uh, she doesn't say whenever the weather is tolerable. She just says an average of three hours outside a day. That's the ideal for all of childhood. We're talking your babies all the way through your teens. They should be outside. And then kids, when we started 1,000 hours outside and kind of keeping track, at that point, they were on screens for 1,200 hours a year on average. So we're taking all this and, and my goal, my goal is to say we're infusing hands-on life into our year. This is my goal over the course of a year. And so we all go through different seasons. I think that's figurative and literal, right? Where it's bitter bitter cold. I'm going to, or it's so hot, I'm going to melt. I can't even breathe. You know what I used to think? Because we're up, you know, we're in Michigan. So I was like, hot. I'm like, people, they're down in, you know, whatever, Texas. I'm like, well, just go swimming. They're like, well, the water is like a bathtub. And bathtub. Like, it's oh. gross. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's so interesting because in Michigan, like you could heat the water, but I, I don't <laughs> see like, what do you do? Like throw in a bunch of ice cubes. And then I get, I, so I get it. Right. So we're looking, and then there's times when like, you just had a surgery. Your, your dad died. You're helping care for aging parents. All of these that you just had a baby. You have all these different things. Yeah. You're, you're grieving. So we all have parts in our life. The point is, is I'm looking at that over this year, we're, we're wanting to get outside. So for us in Michigan, it's a little less in the winter, a little more in the spring, summer, fall. But I want to say this. I want to say this. There's a phenomenal book. It's called There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather by Linda McGurk, which is not true. It's not a true statement, right? There is such thing as bad weather. 
But in other <laughs> cultures, they sort of have this tongue in cheek, just change your clothes. That's kind of the approach. Uh. And the point of her book, one of the points is this. We have to experience hardship in order to develop grit and resilience. And I used to like wish the winters away. But when you really take Mm -hmm. a step back, I'm like, the winters provide time for us to sled and build snowmen and make beautiful things out of ice and go ice skating and do all of these things that the other seasons don't provide. And so we can look at it that way. And my life changed when I started to post more about our winter adventures. And people started to say this, Heidi, I wish I lived there. I was like, oh, wow, I've been wishing yeah, this Jenny away. Jenny was like, I don't hear that very often. That's so cool. But people are like, I want to bring my kid to the snow. I mean, it really yeah. is how you look at it. But it, it's an interesting thing. Michael Easter wrote a book called The Comfort Crisis, where it's like we're in this society and age where our main focus is just, I, I need to be more comfortable. comfortable. You know, I'm like, I'm going to yeah. go to the movies or now. entertained. Yeah. Comfort and entertained. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. But the – the sweet parts of life are when you have the extremes, right? Like when you go out for two hours and you're shoveling the snow and you're building the snowman and you're making a snow lantern and you're doing all these cool things and you're doing a snowball fight. And then you come in and you have some hot chocolate and your nose is red and it's running and there's a fire going. I mean, that feels way better than if you had spent your entire day in 70, 70 degrees. It does. And so we have to step away from this thing that like comfort is the main goal. And no, discomfort is what helps our kids develop this sense that like I can make it through hard things. They don't they don't develop that when they're doing their worksheet. They don't. They're just sitting there. And so we can look at weather as this unpredictable gift that hands to our children the ability to be adjustable. Weather is now you're you're talking to an Oregonian, right? So weather is now an unpredictable gift. <laughs> all that rain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell myself that the next the next next morning tomorrow morning I when shall tell myself I shall wake up look out the window and say this is such an unpredictable gift. Well, let's say this well, too. Like, I want to like, wait. I want to throw it in because you're we're... like the Bob Ross of weather. <laughs> let's talk weather about people. Let's talk about the gloomy days because you have them, right? We're, we were late. I've got yeah. gloomy days. It was sunny yesterday. It's like the first one. I mean, everyone is outside. Everyone is. That's how we were. Stuff. It was sunny here yesterday too. We were just like, what? What is that giant <laughs> orb in the sky? Yes. yes. But amazing. when you go outside, especially in the morning, if you can get outside before noon, 15, 20 minutes, the light, go, the sunlight, the full spectrum light goes right through your eyes to your brain and your brain in response releases serotonin. It makes you feel good. Okay. So we get our kids outside in the morning, especially homeschool parents. I think it's like, you know, I'm like, sometimes it's just like work, 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 and then go play. It's like, no, get out, get out in the morning, get that serotonin because the serotonin later on turns to melatonin. So I'm like, okay, I have happy kids, sleepy kids, but you got to get out in the morning. And here's the thing. It does not matter if it's cloudy. You can measure the amount of light that is present and indoors, you know, you're in the hundreds, it's measured by candlelight. So you're 500, 600, doesn't matter how bright your room is. That's the amount of light. That's the top amount. But if you go outside, even on a cloudy day, it's in the thousands. And so that is what your body needs to reset. There's over a hundred internal bodily functions that are dependent on the day and night cycle. God made us to experience dark nights, and bright days. And so you've got to get out and it doesn't matter if it's cloudy and gloomy. It really still changes. Yeah. This is really, feel. really good for the moms who are who have done like I did for so many years, which was we can play when we get all of our work done. Like we yeah. can go outside after after the chores, after this, after that. And you're like, hey, no, get them out 
in the morning, right? Yeah, go for you know, a little walk. Go for a little walk, even if it's even if it's rainy, even if it's cool outside, even if it's cloudy, you know. And I also think one thing I love about you too is that you have already released the mom who is the the very type A personality who's listening to you going, I gotta get outside every day. Now it becomes a drudgery because I have to do this thing. But you're like, no, roll with the seasons of your life. Make yeah. it a goal. Like this is something I want to do. And when we and when we start small, Jenny, right, then it becomes doable rather yes. than like, I, you know, I've decided to work out. So now I'm gonna get up at four in the morning, work out for three hours every day. And you set yourself up for failure. Yeah. But you're saying, hey, set yourself up for success by doing this in measured doses and then in then uh, getting your family used to a new rhythm. Yeah. And I love that. Jenny Yurch, we're out of time for the main show. I want everyone to go out and buy your book. I super love it. We took pictures of your book uh, at, oh my goodness, in the Columbia River Gorge. We did it at Haystack Rock. That's <laughs> the, big, the rock. The big rock. We did it at Haystack Rock. We did it in Multnomah Falls. We did it up an, at Timberline Lodge even. Yes. Uh, tell us a bit, of, a little bit about your book. The book is called the new one. It's called Until the Streetlights Come On: How a Return to Play Brightens Our Present and Prepares Kids for an Uncertain Future. This is a book about how a good day is what prepares you for tomorrow. And I think so often we sacrifice today on the altar of preparing our children for tomorrow, and that is actually not what we should be doing in a world that's rapidly changing. We are setting our kids up for jobs that don't exist. We are setting them up to be entrepreneurs. We are setting them up to have, I think, on average, they say four different jobs in the first decade of their life, and the the way to do that, the way to do that is to grab that old fashioned play. The kids would play, they play mm. unsupervised and they come home when hey. it got dark. That's how it was. And that is what is needed to prepare kids for a world. And so we've doubled down. We're scared. We're like this is changing a lot. So we're doubled down. It's like more testing, you know, you know, more of this, more schoolwork. And that so is true. opposite of what yep. our kids are yep. going to need. They're going to have to be flexible, resilient. They're going to have to have those quick adaptable brains that's coming from their outdoor movement. So this is a book of hope, hope. That you can do less and gain more. Until the streetlights come on by Jenny Urich. Jenny, you are a national treasure and I love you so much. Uh, stick around. We're going to come back and talk about some of your best tips for helping moms especially get their kids outside no matter what the weather is. Jenny's going to be coming back for happy hour. Jenny Urich, thank you, my friend. I love you. Loved being here. All right, you guys, for more information on today's guest, you can hop on over to the podcast show notes. Go out and grab this book. Check out A Thousand Hours Outside. You guys are going to love Jenny as much as I do, and you're going to be blessed and encouraged. For those of you who are subscribed to the show, stick around for happy hour. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you right back here again at the intersection of faith and culture. 